Hello the vibes. We're back. Once again, you're listening to the Hoop Genius podcast sponsored by NBA 2K22. Thank you to our friends over at NBA 2K. The link is in the yep. description. Yep. Go get your hands on a copy with myself, Momootsi, alongside three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong. We back once more. What a weekend it's been. First and foremost, non-basketball-wise, BJ, how was your Super Bowl Sunday? The Rams got it done, baby. The Rams got it done. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. And, um, you know, normally, Mo, the games don't live up to the hype. But this game certainly did. It was a well-played game. Lots of drama. Lots of theater. Big-time plays by big-time players. Very entertaining. And, and it the, came right down to the end. So the greatest halftime show I've ever seen on Super Bowl. Oh, stop it. The greatest halftime show I've stop ever it. seen on Super Bowl. Stop it. Stop. It was one of listen, you know me, Mo. I'm a hip hop, I'm a hip hop mm. fan. There's been a lot of incredible artists. Michael Jackson. Yep. Prince. Yep. Beyonce. Yep. Okay, that's a big list. You you've named three, but then Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, 50, Eminem, Without Mary question, J. it's up All there. in one is the Avengers assembling. That's like having LeBron, Steph, Giannis, Harden, and KD all on one squad. That was the Avengers assembling right there, live Man. on the stage. Again, when we say greatest, I have a hard time, Mo, with everyone. Everything is the greatest. Everything is epic. Everything no, but that is- was the greatest. Don't put it in the same bracket. That was something special. Okay. Until you guys look at the entire entirety of everyone who's ever performed, then you could say that. You can't say that. Was it phenomenal? Yes. Incredible artist. Yes. Without question, did it capture the current energy? of today and the listeners, yes. But to say, that's like saying someone is the greatest player of all time. How? How are you going to say that? You can't say that, Mo. Come on. You I can't. You, you, I, can. I know you did. You, I did. you can't say I've seen can't Snoop Dogg Crip walking through a Super Hot Time show. That's enough for me. But Snoop is phenomenal. This is my generation. Dre, Snoop, mm-hmm. 50. Legend. And Auntie Mary. Hey. Everybody is my age. Bro, this is my age. This is not your age. Everybody is 50 and over that was on that stage, okay? So I'm more qualified on this one, Mo, to talk that's, about this that's than you That's who my generation Facts. grew up listening to. No, big that's dog. Who, you were no, busy working. That's who we grew up no, listening to. No, Mo. I'm more qualified to talk. This is my generation. You're talking about my generation. You can't tell me about my generation. Hey, was, I'm telling you, that's greatness that's my, right there. That's my people. I'm going to tell you this. That's my people. I'm going to tell you yeah. this, though. 50 Cent, he tried to recreate the In The Club video. They had him hanging upside down. It wasn't a good look for 50. I love 50. That wasn't a great look for him. And it kind of reminded me. It was like a symbol for me of the Lakers this season. You know, all the greatness we've seen in the past, this season ain't quite looking like what it should be. Now, LeBron has tweeted out something. He said, we, the Dodgers and the Rams, should all do a joint parade together. We live in, we with a live concert afterwards, City of Champions, congrats. How are the Lakers trying to win 
trying to live off this buzz of a championship they won in 2020. I don't understand that. I love LeBron, but for me, that's like, listen, let these guys enjoy their Super Bowl. Let them have their parade. You've got to try to throw yourself in there. What are we going to do? Bring Kyle Kuzma and Rondo back to town for you to have your 2020 bubble championship parade. For me, I'm not, I'm not hearing it. But we did see a great and game. We, moving we, right along, Mo. Moving we did, right along. We did see a great game between the Warriors and the Lakes on Friday. Did you catch that one? Mo, you know, this is what I do, Mo. You know this is what I do. What you say before every show, you say you know the vibes. Mo, <laughs> if there's a ball bouncing and shoes squeaking, I'm there, Mo. Man, what a game this that what was. I do. What a game that was. LeBron, three free throws to tie it up. Misses the first, and that's the ball game. Warriors win. It's exciting. And it got me thinking, I really wish that we could see a seven-game series between those teams. Oh, I, stop it. I wish. I wish. Why? Because. Why? Why do you want to see that? Because they, the Warriors, they don't have size, right? So it makes the matchup against the Lakers so fascinating. Because in that matchup, they can play LeBron at the four or the five and AD at the five. It's not like they have to deal with, you know, the Warriors aren't going to have to deal with a Nikola Jokic playing against the Lakers. They're not going to have to worry about all these big bodies that the Phoenix Suns have playing against the Lakers. And it makes it very interesting matchup-wise, lineup-wise, how things are going to go down there on the court. That's why I would like to see a seven-game series and see the chess moves between those two teams, in particular, LeBron and Draymond, with their caliber of basketball IQ as high as it is. I'd love to see seven games between those two. And remember how good the playing game was between them last year. I'm not buying that, Mo. But okay, I'll, 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 oh, so I'll, I'll go you're with You're saying it, you, know? you wouldn't enjoy watching seven games between the Lakes and Warriors? Or you think the Warriors? No, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I don't think because outside of the memories, in particular, LeBron James and Golden State. Outside of that, there's no history with Golden. I mean, there's no history with Anthony Davis. No, here you got history with anyone. Exactly. <laughs> Except <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I mean, other than LeBron James, and I and I and I think once Draymond and and those guys get back, hopefully they will get back and get healthy. I think the depth of the Lakers. I don't think it's going seven. No, I don't see that going seven. Oh, I was just talking about a couple weeks ago, the Warriors pushing for the number one seed. You know, I mean, this 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 Laker team, they're struggling. They are struggling. They lost to the Portland Trailblazers over the weekend. They they are struggling, struggling no right now. But what I did but see I from them, see, in, what I saw yeah. from them in that game was there was finally some level of effort. There was finally some level of rebounding, finally some level of commitment on the defense. Right now, I don't know whether that's because it was just for one game against the Golden State Warriors. They were all hyped up for it. and Or was it because Draymond yeah. wasn't there? But that was the, the most recent game they played. It was the first game I've seen all season because they've said, well, look, this is the team we've got. There's no trades coming to save us. There's no, nothing's going to be shaken up. This is a team we've got. We all have to buy in now. And from what I saw in that one particular game, if they can replicate that for the rest of this regular season, good things are going to happen. 
or better things well, well, that what, have been happening. Well, what they did in particular over the weekend is every team, especially with the team with LeBron James, you have no reason to not make adjustments. Now, two or three weeks ago, they were playing LeBron James at the five. You and I discussed it. They were playing him at the five. Suddenly over the weekend, they put him back at the point guard position and they are allowing him to initiate be the primary ball handler that he was going back to the year that they won the championship in the bubble. Okay. Now LeBron James response, he has like eight assists, 14, 15 rebounds. He's got, you know, 26, 27 points. Then they shift him at some point during the course of the game to allow him to score. That to me is the difference or the adjustments that, you know, the coaching staff has made is allowing LeBron James. Now he's not sharing the guard duties with Russell Westbrook. Russell was playing clearly now off the ball. LeBron James is initiating, making the decisions, pushing the break, half court. That is the big difference. So now they're playing a little bit. The pace is dictated by him. Mm, they had Russell Westbrook kind of sitting in that dunker spot, almost playing like a five man, which is a weird inverted way of playing. But and, and, and Russell Westbrook, instead of hanging out on the perimeter, shooting threes, because right now he's not shooting well, he dives to the basket on any type of dribble penetration. Mm-hmm. So the they've thing, made adjustments. Give them credit. You know, the, they've the made other thing that worked well. really well is they had LeBron, also AD, and Russell Westbrook. When they had the lineup staggered, so it was always at least one of them on the floor at any time, operating out of the post-up. You saw LeBron whipping how many passes from that post-up. Even when Russell Westbrook was being highly effective, posting guys up, collapsing the defense and getting looks for his teammates. So I was encouraged by what I saw from the Lakers. But do you know what else I'm encouraged by right now in the NBA, BJ? Which team currently holds the longest win streak in the NBA? Oh, you're Celtics. Let's go there. Let's go. Let's pump the brakes. Let's, Let's go, go right there. Let's right go right there. there. Let's because go. they won over Atlanta. They won over the reigning MVP came into town. They won over the Denver Nuggets. And they're on an eight-game winning streak. The Celtics have climbed up to sixth in the Eastern Conference. And right now, they're, you know, four and a half games behind the first seed. Oh, anything how many games? Possible. Four Let's and make sure a half. We're talking. Let's make sure. Four, four and a half, and okay. a half games behind. Okay the first seed. So do you think the Boston Celtics are a dark horse contender in the Eastern conference? Because let's look at this run and what's powered it. It's all been at the defensive side. It's all been on the defensive end. And as you like to remind me, BJ Armstrong defense wins championships. Well, the one thing I like about the Celtics is you can see the effort and energy that they're bringing night in and night out. They've had so much, especially over the last year or two, they've had all of the individual awards. They've had all of the, you know, singling out Jalen Brown in particular and Jason Tatum as the up and coming. And they constantly remind us of their age and how good they're going to be in the future. Well, suddenly now, they are playing defense. Those Both of those guys are being very responsible and they're holding themselves accountable. And you're watching them mature and grow up right in front of our eyes. 
I think both of them are more conscientious of the shots they're taking. They're more responsible, but more importantly, their leadership, they're doing it with their, with their actions on the court. You know, Marcus Smart, he should get some credit because of this, because he called them out early. He didn't wait 10 games into the season. He didn't wait 30 games or talk about it in the summer, in the, in the summertime. He said it right then and there. He let it be known. And the team responded. I love that. I love that. There, you know, Mo, we talk about truth tellers. Well, he just told the truth. Keys to 100. And now this team, and now this team is responding. They're playing excellent basketball. No longer are they playing with potential. Now they're actually doing it. Yep. Big win for them against the Atlanta Hawks. I think you can see that this team is growing in confidence. And the thing I love about it, Mo, is they have not one, but two explosive scores. I thought the kid White was a nice pickup. I thought Tice was another nice pickup. And suddenly now, Mo, I'm looking at this roster and I'm going, they got some talent over there. Yes, and now they're adding depth. Mm-hmm. And those are the, that's the combination that you need. So I think this team is closer than they were just a month ago with those additions that they made. But more importantly, their attitude has changed. Yeah. They can win a game now without relying they were on down big. incredible they were down individual big in the first quarter. Because they because their defense, right? They know they can get consecutive stops. When you know you can stop a team two, three, four, five possessions in a row, that's a big thing. I would I said on Sky Sports, I said, I think I'm gonna look at this game because they're gonna play against an explosive score, if not the most ex- one of the most explosive scores at the point guard position. And they did an outstanding job. I was very, very impressed with their team defense. In particular, your guy, what's it? What do you call him? The landlord? Is that what you the call him? The time lord. The time lord. The time landlord you know is gig. Shouts my brother gigs. Yeah, yeah. You, you see they are getting defensive efforts from Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, the time lord. You know, all of these guys now are putting in that level of commitment to that end of the floor. And right. it's yeah. showing up in the winning column. I, I got to talk my stuff because it's been a very Please difficult do. season. We back. Oh, we right back. Let me tell you this. This is what I'm seeing. Okay. For the first time in a long time with the Boston Celtics, the ball is not sticking on the offensive end. Right now on this win streak, I think they're up there. They might be second in assisted points in terms of the ball moving. They're making the extra pass. They're finding the teammates in the right places. They're making the ball do the work and finding good quality looks. And that's not to mention the defensive side of the ball. The Celtics now have a lineup where you have Marcus Smart, Derek White. Thank you to Greg Popovich, by the way, for gift wrapping him and sending him over to Boston. I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about how the Atlanta Hawks should be trying to get him. I didn't even think the Celtics had assets for it, but Brad Stevens made it work. But Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Rob Williams, that's five guys that can guard. You can switch everything with those first four guys and the time law can clean everything up at the bucket. You find me how many teams in the NBA have a closing lineup where all five guys are elite and there's not a single guy that you can target in that defense. Not many teams have that luxury. And then on the offensive side, Derek White stepped off a plane four hours later. He's playing against the Nuggets, looking like he's been there all season long. That's without even a practice. He fitted in perfectly. 
He's making winning plays on both sides of the ball, stepping over, taking charges, making extra passes on offense, knocking down shots at the right time on offense. Listen, I'm telling you, they're going to keep sleeping on these boys and they're going to upset someone. It's going to be back like, you know, when they never expected anyone to see the Sergs at the conference finals. They're going to be right back. I'm telling you this right here. Conference finals. I'm putting that out here right now on this show. Mo. Mm. Mo. Mm. Mo. Tell me who they can't hang with. Mo. Tell me who they can't hang with. As much as, as, much as I like how they've been playing over the last 10 games or so, I'm not ready to put them in the category with Philadelphia. I am. With Miami. I am. With Milwaukee. Maybe not Giannis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's and, what worries me. <laughs> and if Brooklyn and if Brooklyn is healthy, I'm not ready to even put them there yet. But I like what I see, Mo. Yeah. I like what I see. But I'm not ready to say they are in that category yet. Okay. okay? But I like, you know, okay. and let's not forget the Bulls because, mm-hmm. you know, they have a record. But I think they at, you know, they're at the next level. And I will say this. You should have hope because on any given day, they can beat somebody. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I'm not ready yet to say that, but I like what I see. I am, but only time will tell. We're going to see if they can get to a 10 game winning streak before All Star weekend. But I want to talk about a team over in the Western Conference now. Uh, okay. Interesting. We spoke about them at a trade deadline a little bit. And a lot of people have messaged me trying to figure out the moves. And, you know, it's interesting to get people's take on it. But the Dallas Mavericks who traded away Kristaps okay. Porzingis, and they have Luka Doncic on their roster. Now, what's interesting to me is Coach Kidd of the Dallas Mavericks was on that, on that roster playing for the Mavericks, not coaching them, back in 2011 when they won a championship with Dirk Nowitzki leading the way. Now, that's one of the few teams in NBA history which only had one superstar player. It had some great players, don't get me wrong. Tyson Chandler, Sean Marion, great role players, not even role players, better than role players, but great players on that team. But in terms of the big-name superstar, Dirk Nowitzki was the only one, and the other guys all fitted in him around him. Now, what they're saying or what they're looking at in Dallas is they're trying to replicate that, but with Luka Doncic as their star guy, and they're going to try and get the pieces in around him. BJ, do you think that the Dallas Mavericks need to get a second star and potentially even a third star to make a big three around Luka Doncic? Or do you think that something similar can be replicated with Luka Doncic being the star man and then role players who fit in perfectly rather than a second star? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting question, Mo, because you're looking at Luka Doncic and you clearly see, let's just say, give or take, he's a top 10 player in the NBA. Easily, yeah. Okay. And with that, identification now comes the expectations you can see now that Luca has really begun to pick up his play as he's getting in better shape you know I think we all said I think even he said it I could be in better condition the one thing that elite players have to be in is they have to be in elite condition because they are not only playing against single coverage they're playing against double coverage and all of the defenses are geared to stop them and Luca is expending energy, so it's important for him to be in phenomenal shape. Now, to answer your question, you know, I've said this 
from the beginning. You know, you talk about Dirk Nowitzki. Well, it was clear to me when I saw Dirk Nowitzki, he was a power forward in that era, right? He, that was the best position that he had to defend or he could defend. He wasn't, he definitely wasn't a center. He definitely wasn't a small forward. He was a power forward who could stretch play. He had a post game and he was very versatile. Now that allowed the rest of the team to build around him on both sides of the ball, in particular, the defense. So you say, how do you build around a guy like that? Well, Tyson Chandler was a elite defender. Defense by the caliber. Yeah. Sean Marion, elite matrix okay jason kidd a big guard you know he might he may not have been the jason kidd that was there in 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 new jersey playing with the nets but he still was an elite player at that position he could control the tempo control the flow and he could always defend and they had jason terry so forth and so on they had you know really good players so do i think you can win a championship with luca yes i do but I think that's all going to depend on what is Luca. What what, what well, what's the best? What's his position? Well, like, I think they're, they're trying forward? to figure that out because they've just got Dinwiddie in a trade, and Dinwiddie plays the point guard. This is this is the thing that I've said all along: as great of a player that Luca is, he's got to commit to what he's going to be, in particular, on the defensive end. If, if we say Luca's best defensive position is this, you know, defending two guards, which I don't think it is, but let's say it is, then we can build around him. We can build around him. Okay, right but, now, but, but when I, we say, I don't know what that is. When we say build around him, do you think it's possible to have a collection of great players in their role? Or do you think the Mavs need to get a second star to play alongside him, as we see is the current trend in NBA teams. You know, there's one position, Mo, and I'm not, I'm not ducking the question. There's one position that you just can't be the star at. And that's the point guard position. If Luke is going to be a point guard, an initiator, Control the tempo of the game, dictate the flow, pace, space. He's got to be a facilitator. Not a lead scorer. He, he can't I'm just come up. He just can't. Now, if he's going to be in the two, then let's find somebody else who can do that so he can just go out and score 30 a game because he can do that too. Maybe that's why if they brought in Dimity and they got Brunson as well. I, I, to me, this is all up. These are the questions before we can answer this. What is he going to settle in as? Is he going to be a three? Is he going to be like a Scottie Pippen? Or I'm just using it, a Grand yeah. Hill or somebody like that where he will, you know, he'll be triple doubles every single night. I don't know what he's going to settle in to be, but whatever he settles in because he's so talented. And he's only he 22. Can do everything. He's only 22. But in basketball terms, he's probably 28. Because he's been playing professionally so he was 16. since he's been like 16, 17 years of age. Mm. So he's got to settle in to whatever he's going to be. And then I think the team say, this is what we're going to do. Right now, they get Spencer Dinwiddie. Why did they get Spencer Dinwiddie? 
well, they got to protect themselves in case Brunson leaves. They know for sure you just can't have the ball in his hand 100% of the time. They need another player who can play off the dribble, who can create a little bit for himself. But more importantly, what's the point of having a 6'8 player like Luka if you're not going to move him around and utilize his versatility? It's kind of like LeBron James. You got to yeah. put him in different places. If you just stick him at the point guard position, then you're not taking advantage of his talent. So at some point, Luca is going to determine, this is what I am. This is what I'm going to be. And then I think the team will say, okay, Luca, that's what you want to be. And we'll begin to assemble players who can complement what you're going to be and what you're going to do for the next seven to eight or seven to 10 years. Where, where do you see his best fit being on the defensive end? Because we know he can do it all as, on as, a, as a point guard. He's got a big body. He's he, gotta play, you I think, think he's, he's got to guard the one? Guard. I think he's got to guard the one. I think Lucas, to me, his true gift is his size. Yeah. So I always look for players who can do one of two things. I look for bigger players who play smaller than they than they than their height. Luca is six eight, but he can do everything a little guy can do at five eleven or six feet. And I always look for little guys who play bigger than they are. Mm. Okay, I, I, especially if we're gonna play in this era with that's positionless basketball, I always look for big guys who can do things that little guys can do. Yeah, that's what makes them unique. Okay. Like when you watch Jokic, you go, man, that's interesting. Here's a guy that's like seven feet, but he, I mean, he's doing yeah, things like yeah. a little guy. Even see okay? moving off the primo with the handle now. Yeah, like. exactly. But then when you see little guys, you know, like, like, like I was watching the game tonight, the guy, the, the young kid at, uh, at Golden State, Gary Payton. Yes. He plays much bigger than his size. I love Gary Payton. The second. He plays much, he makes, he plays much bigger than his size. Mm-hmm. Okay. Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Montrez Harrell plays much bigger than his size. So I always look for guys who have these unique qualities and that's what makes them unique. Luka Doncic plays like he's six feet, but he also has the ability to go to the post. So, what I would do is I see him as saying, okay, he should be, a, he doesn't have great foot speed on the defensive end. He never will. But what he does have is size. Mm. So when the other guys are done running around and the game slows down, John Moran in the half court has to play against a guy who's 6'8". Now, that to me is a problem because why? Because Luca should be able to post up every guard in the league. You, he will command a double team every time in the league as long as you have other players that are around him where you can't hide. So if he plays against Golden State, force Golden State to have to put Steph Curry on him. Yeah, and that's what teams have to do. Um, and that's what it, So as long as he can do that, if Luka commits to that, you could have a team where Luka is actually the smallest starter in the starting lineup. And we're getting closer and closer to your dream of five, seven footers taking the court all at the same time. And you know I love that. I mean, That's, think about this. Sean Marion, Dirk Nowinski, and Tyson Chandler. That's a nice and Jason Kidd at the point guard position. Yep. To me, that's Luca. Luca now is 6'8". 
an incredible offensive talent, terrific passer. And all I want to do is have guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson that can plug in so that I can move Luca around on the floor during the course of the game. I can move him at the three if I need to. I can move him at the four. I can move him at the two. That to me utilizes his ability and say, I'm going to take advantage of all of his ability, not just put him at the point guard position. So to me, that's what makes him special. Well, we're going to find out tonight as the Mavericks are in Miami to take on the Heat. Can we get a prediction for that game? I'm going to say the Heat. The I like Miami Nightlife? Miami Nightlife? I, 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 I like the Miami Heat. I know. I think the Miami Heat are going to take care of business. This okay. Miami Heat team, they're playing good basketball. Kyle Lowry just got back. Yep. It's clear to me what they're doing. They're gearing up now for the for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I like up. the way the team okay. is built. Yeah. They're, they're, they're I like the way up. the team is built. Yeah. Bam, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. Tyler here, you can see now that they're gearing up. So yep. I like the PJ Miami Tucker. Heat. I think that, yeah, they're, 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 you, you can tell now they've took it, they've taken this to another level. So I want to say the Miami Heat, I like what Dallas is doing. Lucas scoring, he's doing his thing, but I don't think they're at the same level, especially, especially now that this race in the East is really tightening up. Mm, well, okay. Speaking James of Harden trade and all of that is really. Speaking of elite teams in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics are on the road to take on, as you just mentioned, Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid always gives them problems. It's going to be a tough test. Do you see Philly at home handling business, or do you see the win streak continuing to nine games for them seas? Well, I don't want to single Boston out. Joel Embiid gives everyone problems. Oh, he gives everyone problems. <laughs> okay, everyone that donkey had. That donkey had. Oh, the last my. Night. On Jarrett Allen, Against where he missed Dallas, the free throw Jarrett. and got the... Oh congratulations. Hey, congratulations. NBA All-Star. Shout out NBA All-Star. Yes, sir. And um, I think Philly's going to take care of business. I really do. <laughs> I, I I think Philly's going to take care of business. I like, like I said, I told you, I like Boston. But I think Philly's, you know, Joel Embiid's a problem. He's a problem. Now, mate, I think your biggest chance is, for whatever reason, every player in the league always has a player that plays well against them. And you know who that player is? Uncle Al. Uncle Al Horford. Uncle Al. Uncle Al, if there's one player he's figured out. Yep. It's Joel Embiid. Uh, Now, I know why he plays well against him. Because Al just does Al. Mm -hmm. He just does Al. We just got to see if he's still got the legs to do it for the course of a whole game now this season. Joel Embiid may have 15 points. Al's just going to be Al. Joel Embiid is going to do what Joel Embiid does. But Al is just... There's some players... uh, Every player has a guy that just plays well against you. And that's Al Horford. And I would not be surprised if Al Horford has a 20-point game. And plays well because he's figured that out. Al Horford has mastered the art of playing like an undersized center. Yes, sir. And I love it. Mastered that. He And I mean, don't forget, Al was an all-star for many years in this league. That's right. That's right. But we're going to check in tomorrow. We've also got a very special guest coming on the show this week. We're even going to say too much. Some esteemed company. 
Yo, yes, some esteemed company. I ain't even gonna say too much. What I will say is Luka Doncic, fantastic talent. Also the cover star of NBA 2K22. So make sure you hit the link in the description and go get your copy because they're now sponsoring us and they're sponsoring us because you guys are supporting us and tuning in. So we just yes. wanted to say thank you to all of the listeners thank you. to make this possible because now if you've got a sponsor on board, we can make the show even bigger and better, get it out to more people. So I wanted to say how much, first of all, I appreciate you, BJ, for rocking with us every day. Oh, more, But more, all the I listeners at home, for rocking with us every day because the best is still to come. Well, Mo, well said. What more can I say? You took the words right out of my mouth. I was, I didn't know what to say. We, <laughs> I mean, I get a chance every day to, to talk basketball. You love the game. I love the game. Our listeners love the game. And you know what? We have the best fan base and listeners in the business. That's because facts. every time we get those Every time we get, you know, the, they send in the questions, our fan base, I'm just, I'm just blown away. Okay. I can't believe it. And guess what? I can't believe it. And guess what? Tweet us your questions. We're doing it all over again oh, later this week. Check the timeline. Yeah, yeah. The tweet will be there. The tweet will be there later today. Be ready. Okay. Be ready. That's all I'm going to say. Thank you for rocking with us once again. And until next time, get buckets.